Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We are continuing our study of Esther, looking at verses, uh, we're still in chapter 8, looking at verses 3 through 6 in the God's Word translation. Haman, the chief enemy of the Jews, was hanged, but there was still the matter of the edict. Esther and Mordecai and their chief friends were sufficiently protected. But there were many others in the king's dominion who hated the Jews and desired their ruin. So they were ready to carry out this edict to destroy all the Jews. So all of the rest of the Jewish people lay exposed to the rage and malice of this edict because it was still in force and their enemies would on the day appointed fall upon them and would kill them. And if... um, They stood up for themselves. They would be considered rebels against the king. They couldn't take up their own defense. And it sounds so much like what's going on in the Ukraine. It says if they should offer to resist and take up arms in their own defense, they would be rebels against the king. The queen is making her an intercession with much affection and persistence. But let's listen to God's word. Again, it's Esther chapter 8 verses 3 through 6 in the God's word translation. It reads, Esther spoke again to the king. She fell down at his feet crying and begged him to have mercy and to undo the evil plot of Haman who was from Agag and his conspiracy against the Jews. The king held out his golden scepter to Esther, and Esther got up and stood in front of the king. She said, Your Majesty, if it pleases you, and if you have found favor, and if I have found favor with you, if you consider my cause to be reasonable, and if I am pleasing to you, canceled the official orders concerning the plot of Haman, who was the son of Hamadatha and was from Agag. He signed the order to destroy the Jews in all your provinces, your majesty. I cannot bear to see my people suffer such evil, and I simply cannot bear to see the destruction of my relatives. Again, it's Esther chapter 8, verses 3 through 6 in the God's Word translation, which gives it the title, Esther Brings Her Request to the King. I'll be back to share insights, and we'll close with prayer. This is Hope Scott. I am your host of 5 Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and following my podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, or wherever you hear podcasts. Also, please like and follow 5 Minutes in the Word on Facebook and Twitter. Again, this is Esther chapter 8, verses 3 through 6 in the God's Word translation. In this section, Esther requests for the um, salvation of her people. And she's making the request to her husband, the king. So even though she's safe, she fell down and begged with tears for the deliverance of her people. As an act of supplication, she fell before the king's feet. 
not as an act of worship or reverence, but as an act of obedience, an act of uh, an understanding protocol, an act of respect. She fell, she bowed to her king, her husband. She came a second time uncalled into the king's presence and was, as before, encouraged to present her petition by the king holding out the golden scepter to her. Her petition is that the king, uh, having put away Haman, would put away the mischief of Haman's plot to uh, destroy the Jews and his devices against the Jews. Even though she didn't say, she probably was thinking, because, you know, that's how we are. She didn't say, uh, King, you consented to this and you confirmed this with your seal. So you need to make this go away. She didn't say that. And she said, now that he's gone and Mordecai is in his position, we need to get rid of this edict. So in um, today's terms, she's a pretty powerful woman standing before a great man and, you know, doing what she needs to do on behalf of her people. And we thank God even in our leaders today when they can stand before great power and uh, say, well, King, she didn't say, King, you're wrong. But the implication is, King, you allowed this to happen uh, by trusting this evil person. But out of respect for his position, she did not say it. But, you know, I'm thinking a lot of the leaders today would probably have said it. They <laughs> would have said, because of you, this is what happens. But let me continue with what the commentaries had to say. She refers to Haman as uh, an ag agatite, which represents the epitome of Israel's longtime enemy, the Amalekites, whom uh, Jehovah had declared he would destroy. So and that's all in you know context of history. It probably you know tells us why there's so much animosity between uh, Mordecai and Haman. Well, Haman towards Mordecai. Okay, but let me get back on the notes. The king held out the scepter as both a sign of him allowing uh, her to visit him without an appointment and that uh, you could rise after, after uh, the formality of bowing. And again, it just kind of indicates that Esther didn't have an appointment, which meant she could have died and, you know, instantly because without an appointment, you're, that was the a law of the Medes and the Persians <laughs> that you die. But anyway, uh, Matthew Henry says, a soft answer turns away wrath. So soft asking, askings obtain favor. So she's coming to the, her king with her petition. She enforces her petition with a pathetic plea. She says, basically, for how can I endure to see the evil that should come upon my people? Because again, she's safe. And even though Mordecai says, don't think you're safe just because you're in the, in the palace. Don't think you're safe just because you wear a crown. But she's letting the king know the Jewish people who are, you know, scheduled to die. That's my people. So how can I, how can I uh, endure you know, knowing that I'm safe in the pal palace and my people can die. 
and since the king was unable to revoke his own decree, a new decree was necessary to counter the effects of the first one. She expresses it with great submission and a profound deference to the king and his wisdom and his will, which is how we should respect our God when we come before him. And she goes, her words are mingled with tears as she asks for her people to be uh, released from this death sentence. Let's pray. Father, we come before you again thanking you. And Father, as we read how Esther approached her husband, the king, Father, we approach you with the same words, if, you, if we have found favor in your sight. And God, it says that she came before you with tears as she uh, prayed for her people. She didn't cry when she prayed for her own life, but she wept for her people. And Father, as we watch what's going on in the Ukraine, we weep for those people. We weep and ask you, Father, to please intercede. Please uh, protect. Please cover them with uh, protection that only you can provide in the name of Jesus. So many innocent people are uh, in harm's way. And Father, not just for the Ukraine, there are crises all over the world. Can't keep say that enough. There are crises all over the world. So we're praying for your uh, divine protection and uh, your divine guidance of leaders and those who are in uh, high places because we do not war against flesh and blood, but against evil in high places. And Father, we know that you know that nothing's uh, under the sun is a surprise to you. You know what's going on. You know the ending. God, we're just praying that, you know, that it ends swiftly and people are saved, Father. No more destruction if it is your will, Father. We, we know that your will is going to be done. And we're asking, Father, for your, for your favor, for your grace and mercy. Pray for my son as he gets ready to travel. Pray for all who are traveling right now who need you in such a special, powerful way. God, we're pleading, pleading for your uh, protection in every area of our lives. And we're thanking you in advance for answered prayers. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed.